Welcome back to Rowan Spirits, the one-man podcast that's about basically his journey for having some fun through anything that's kind of nerdy, some Star Wars, some video games, some mobile uh, gaming, a uh, little bit of whining sometimes as well. So thank you again for coming back. We have another episode, and I wanted to talk today and kind of expand on the May 4th and the Star Wars theme. Like, this is not just going to be a Star Wars podcast, but I do want to go through and talk today a lot. Not a lot. I mean, I want to talk about the Bad Batch and Star Wars in general. I had a great debate, and when I say debate, it really was a debate with my brother-in-law uh, just on Saturday. And it really got me thinking about just Star Wars in general and and really how much it's really gone through and kind of changed, uh, you know, the pop culture and kind of changed our world. I can have a debate that's kind of heated in some ways and really have it go on for a good amount of time. So it, I, I don't know, it just it got me thinking that there's probably other people out there, too, that could also sit there and actually debate Star Wars for a long period of time. But that's not what I what I'm doing here exactly. So I want to talk about Bad Batch. Now, episode two has gone out and actually been out now for for almost a week. So spoilers again, if you're going to go through and listen to this and be like, oh, no, spoilers. Yeah, you're you're probably listening to the wrong uh, podcast. Um, but I do want to talk about, you know, episode one a little bit. And it really got me thinking in general about Star Wars and the characters and kind of like their mindset as a whole. But starting off with episode one, and again, I talked in the last one kind of about the Clone Wars season seven, you know, when they had the actual Bad Batch, I really wasn't sold completely on it just because I really wanted to go through and see the Anakin piece. But now that we've had them there and actually had them in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes as well, you know, I'm really kind of getting uh, that good vibe, deciding that I like them. So I will say the first thing that caught my my attention in that episode one was going to be Caleb Dune, a.k.a. Uh, Kanan from uh, the Rebel series. And I, I don't want to start off with something negative, but I, I will say his deep voice did surprise me. Uh, I was actually pretty surprised. But on the other hand, I don't know if I would 100% gotten that that was Kanan. Uh, just from the fact that his name was Caleb. It took me a moment. I actually went back to the old uh, wiki there and started to look up some information on Caleb Dune. Um, but with Freddie Prince Jr. doing the voice and all, right off the bat, I knew exactly what it is. So I did kind of go through and kind of click. So in some ways, that weirdness uh, of the voice being so deep uh, did go through and actually get me right to where I need to go. So I also didn't know that Deepa... Balaba actually was his master. And and I knew obviously from, you know, the rebels, you know, that his master was killed during Order 66 and that he was able to go through and escape. But I thought that was pretty interesting, I, I will say. So she was, uh, I believe, on the council, uh, a master. So, I mean, it's pretty interesting in a lot of ways, you know, for that, that was actually, you got to see that in there. And again, her last words to him were run, Caleb, you know, and and it actually was, I don't know, it got me a little bit. But what that really did was started to, to make me think, you know, why did some of these clones go through and actually obey and some not obey 
you know, and we watched in, in season seven at the end, Rex, I mean, he is by far one of the better when it comes to maybe like morality and has a lot more of the normal characteristics of a non brainwashed clone, but the inhibitor chip hundred percent worked on him. So that was kind of interesting to me. So the, in the bad batch, you know, they talked about, you know, right off the bat Hunter and the other group are like, what's going on with these regs? I mean, they didn't attack Caleb. They didn't attack Kanan, even though, you know, it was in their, in their, not DNA, I guess, kind of in their DNA, but the inhibitor chip really didn't work well on them. Now that's of course not the case when it comes to crosshair crosshair. I thought was really fun where the way he kept on saying a good soldier follows orders. You know, I, I don't know. That was pretty cool. So it just really was kind of, uh, I don't know, a fun way for them to go through and kind of show that maybe he wasn't as, you know, and the, the, I don't know how I want to say exactly, but maybe he was just a little bit different, but you know, Hunter going through and, you know, letting him go and even Crosshair saying, okay, so if you killed him, why would you be looking up, not down? And I don't know. It was just, it was a very cool, I, I like the writing in that. I really like the writing. So got me to think, and this is kind of, I was actually debating this a little bit on Saturday, is what is Django Fett's true nature? You know, we know him as a bounty hunter. We know him from episode two. And a lot of people that, you know, don't really watch all the expanded piece of it, don't really know his backstory too much. I know for like just going through and reading some of the things that he had, that there's a lot of stuff with the Mandalorians. Um, you know, there's even some stuff that I'm not sure that's canon or not. But, you know, he really had some interesting backstory. And I think they could probably go through and actually do a whole series just on him. But really, when we think about it, like these clones are carbon copies of him that, and some of them have been obviously changed their, their, you know, the inhibitor chips, the, the soldier, you know, mindset, but a lot of them decided to, to do some changing, you know, and to do some things differently. So does it go back to the actual, you know, ingrained uh, DNA of Boba Fett, not Boba, but Django. Uh, Django in episode two, you know, he, you see him taking care of Boba like it's, he's a father. And I mean, you can go through and think it's kind of weird too, in some ways, because he's not, it's technically himself. So how conceited of a person are you that your one reward is going to be basically yourself? But I'm going to take it as a positive and say that he really did it because he wanted a son, but with some of the expanded universe and talking, like he had opportunities to, you know, I, I think uh, he had a love interest that was in the books. I think it was, um, gosh, what was it? Uh, Cess's deception. There you go. Yep. Cess's deception in that one of the, uh, one of the people inside of there actually talked about, you know, having a relationship with him. So when she's seeing the clones, She's basically kind of pushing this character, which was Nate at the time. He ended up changing his name to Django, uh, Django Tat, which means brother of Django. Uh, but really, he was an ARC trooper. He was conditioned to be obviously a little bit more free thinking. But with her help, really became more than just a clone. Took a name different than Nate. Uh, took really like a different meaning. And kind of was able to kind of open his mind up more to act more like Django. 
but then in the end of that book, spoiler, you know, if you're going to read it, it's been out for what, 30 years, practically at least 10 years. But either way, in the end of that book, he sacrifices himself, but he doesn't do it really as a clone. He does it as more than a clone in my mind. He disobeys orders. He finds out where the, the leaders of this group are and basically takes over. And like I said, it's just not normal clone activity. It's more Django activity. So again, going back to it, really, Django had love interests, and it sounds like it never worked out to where you know he had a child of his own that we know of, obviously. But in this case, he takes Boba. And Boba is just like a child. And in different comics, he takes him into like to do contracts. Like he's really teaching him and training him like he's his own. Now, it also says that really when it comes to the clones, he doesn't really treat them like a father figure. They just are what they are. You know, it's about money, I think, more than anything else. Um, but I do think with Boba, it's a little bit different. So, again, going back to Django's true nature, episode two. You see him, he has no problems killing Padme Amidala. If that's not about bounty hunting, that is basically your assassin at that point. He doesn't himself do it. He obviously hires somebody else, but still, I mean, he knows what's going to happen. He has no problem at all fighting Kenobi. And by the way, he handled himself very, very well in that case. He, no remorse, you know, obviously in those cases, but I think that's about survival and that's who he is. He's a Mandalorian. You know, it, in a lot of ways, of course, he was a foundling, but he's not a true on Mandalorian. But still, um, he has that same mindset. So, again, I think it's so unique that this person that is the foundation for each of these clones is generally, I think, a good person and has good characteristics. But on the other hand, survives, is a survivalist. Um but when you look back on the Clone Wars series, the comic books, they 100% until Order 66, they were good human beings that in the end, their first instinct was to sacrifice, to save, and to protect. And I don't think that's just about their genetic, like it is a lot about their genetics, but not just about their training. So when I think about the Bad Batch, I really think these are, are altered clones but they really are the closest thing you're going to get to Django than any of the other 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 characters out there. Now, obviously, with Crosshair, um, I think I love that story piece um, going through and having him kind of defect from this Bad Batch because it doesn't make sense for him. You know, he was told that they should kill the Jedi. He didn't kill the Jedi. And then he basically narked on uh, on Hunter saying, yeah, he didn't kill him. You know, but in the end. It's really, I think if that chip wasn't there, I think he would have ended up also too doing the right thing, even though I guess he's kind of even through in, in season seven, he's kind of maybe a little bit more um, coldish, I guess. But I always get that from a sniper. I think you have to be cold and you have to just basically understand that you're going to end a life when you're a sniper. So, wow, I got, went off a little, little, little bit there, but overall, Order 66. I've already talked about in Cestus how um, in that case, like we got to see Nate and J or Django Tat, you know, overcome his conditioning uh, to do things that you basically didn't expect him to do. Looking back on some of the other books and some of the other scenarios, you know, when we talk about uh, there's a Dar book, Darth Vader, the rise of Darth Vader, 
The first part of that starts right off the bat during Order 66. And there are these clones that do not follow the order. And they basically do not see that this is the right thing to do. And they're able to overcome, you know, that inhibitor chip, which I believe, too, I'm not sure, I'm not positive, but I think they were ARC troopers. But they were able to understand it wasn't right. Now, the commander didn't matter when, when they basically said, okay, what's going on here? Like, they ended up getting, you know, executed. You know, Vader shows up first time we see him, you know, in the Vader uh, suit. He comes in and basically makes an example of these clones. But that was kind of that first time that I remember actually listening or reading uh, to a situation where a clone doesn't follow the orders. And again, now we've had a couple chances now with we see that with Hunter. We also see that with those them as well. I do think it's that's a great book if you get a chance to read it. Uh, you really get into the mindset of Anakin turning into Darth Vader. It's a great, great book if you get a chance. But when you're going through that that mindset again, these clones with this chip in there should not have done that. So why did these guys do that? And I think because their mental mindset, their DNA is to do the right thing. And I think, you know, again, just like Django, he could choose to go on either side of it. So one side note too, uh, also from that, um, in the uh, Bad Batch episode, I had no clue Tar- what Tarkin's first name was. Will Huff? Like, Will Huff Tarkin? I mean, I don't see him as, as you know, a badass as I did before. Will Huff. Maybe I'm saying it wrong, too. But when I read that, I'm like, Will Huff. I mean, what name? I mean, either way. Sorry. I'm always going to call him Grand Moff. In uh, Star Wars Galaxy Heroes, I call him Grandpa Tarkin just because, you know, he's mighty mighty old uh but again i again i digress again uh getting back to it you know we got rex hunter uh tech and echo you know they end up i mean basically not following these orders now rex i apologize rex actually does follow it i really like in that setting i think about when uh ahsoka uh, was able to escape Rex 100% was going to follow orders. And you look back on all of his other exploits, all the things that he did, all the times he kind of disobeyed orders with Anakin. I mean, he really was more of a, you know, lone thinker than a lot of the other ones, but it still ended up not not making it to where he didn't, uh, wasn't able to kind of go through and overcome it. So again, yep, here we go. So continuing on. We got Order 66, and I think, to me, they did such a great job in the movies and in the and in the comics and when you go into the cartoons. Like, you feel it, and you feel the pain and the anguish. I know, like, with Yoda, when they start killing everybody, like, he kind of goes to a shot of his face. He can feel it, but a lot of the Jedi didn't. And so in the books and then in the, uh, in the cartoon, we see Kiati Mundi die. Cloon. Now again, now we get to see do, uh, Deepa Blaba there. You know, like when they die, I mean, they are council members. They are supposed to be really tough in the forest, really like deep into it, but they don't feel it like Yoda does. Um, and then, of course, too, we watch, you know, the ones that lived. I mean, Kanan, you know, we, we saw him. We saw Ahsoka. Now with Yoda, same thing. Like he he felt it. He saved himself. But then one thing I, I think is interesting is that, you know, with Kenobi, 
Um, he didn't feel it. And like, you could just tell, like he continue on, like he was just, uh, you know, riding up the, the side on his little, uh, uh, mount there going up the side of the mountain to, to continue to attack. Um, tell you what, I, I, it's kind of interesting when it comes to Kenobi, there's so much with it. And I'll, I'll talk more about it here in a second, but Kenobi really was about pure luck. I mean, he got shot, his animal dies, he falls down. Like Yoda was about skill. Ahsoka in my brain, in my mind also was a lot about skill. I mean, she released Maul, and I think that 100% helped out. And, of course, then, like, she was so attached to Rex that she also helped Rex to where he was able to get on his right mindset. Um, Kenobi really, in all the, as powerful as he was through everything, in the end, really, I mean, it was sheer luck with him. Um, But I think about Keanu Monday basically gets shot in the back. Plo Koons was pretty crazy. I mean... Uh, he's supposed to be one of the best when it comes to a, to a pilot two seconds into it, he dies, you know? And again, I like, I felt it, you know, we didn't see him too much or at all actually in the movies, but in, uh, when it comes to the actual shows, I mean, you really kind of get to attach to him because, you know, he's in there a lot. He's helping Anakin, you know, he has a great relationship with Ahsoka. Um, so it's a lot there. So, so the clones, what, 99.8% of them basically couldn't overcome the chips. But some of them did, and it's so unique in the ones that, that they chose to have it. So, all right, so real quick, though, I, I do want to talk about, you know, Commander Cody's failure. It, it's so awesome because it's memes now. You know, he hands back the lightsaber, you know, right to uh, to Kenobi. And <laughs> I always laugh when it happens. I've rewatched it. I don't know how many times. And he's sitting there thinking, oh, man, that was stupid. Why did I do that? I mean, it didn't help. I mean, if we think about it, like, it didn't help in the sense. I mean, they shot him down. And I guess it's not huge that 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 much. But think about how the Star Wars universe would change. And again, I debated this a lot on Saturday. Like, what if they actually killed Kenobi? And... Again, there's so much out there. I know it's a story. It's not real life. But when I think about it, Anakin is so in a weird spot when it comes to uh, episode three. I mean, we see basically in the Clone Wars, we see that he's off fighting. And of course, the book too, right before that, like he basically is fighting uh, Count Dooku, leaves there, goes to save, uh, goes to save uh Palpatine, which is again, he's going to do everything he can because just like they said in episode three, Anakin's about loyalty. I mean, I don't think he's that big when it comes to the Jedi. Like at this point, even he cares more about loyalty than he does actually the Jedi order. And of course, we know all the things that they had him do. You know, he obviously saw it was a huge ordeal for them to to say he needs to uh, spy on Palpatine, which he lost trust there. I think he started to lose trust in Kenobi as well. And like, he cares more about his, like his friends and his loved ones than he does the order. So I really think he's in a weird spot. I mean, we know at this point he is saving Kenobi and Palpatine at the beginning of that, that movie because it's the right thing to do. And even Palpatine says, leave Kenobi, you know, like it's just not going to work. And he says, nope, his fate's going to be the uh, same as our own. 
at that point, there was so much trust and so much loyalty there. He was going to do it, even with Palpatine in that case. Didn't matter. He's going to take care of it. Now, we get past that. We move it farther down. Then we start to see, okay, yep, he's he's really starting with Padme to go through and figure out, like, okay, yes, I need to, you know, I need to go through and save her. I really 100% feel like his going to the dark side was 100% about Padme. And the actions he had were less about the dark side and more about like his love or his affection for the people he cared about than it was about going to the dark side. So when I go back to if Kenobi died, if Kenobi died, so in that case, Kenobi dies, Anakin's going off to Mustafar to end it. Uh, we see him, he has tears in his eyes, he just killed the, the Separatist leaders. He's feeling remorse. He's not 100% dark side at that point, in my opinion. Um, and I think he could have been swayed back to where he needs to go if, in fact, Padme didn't show up. I think he would have brooded, he would have been upset, he would have went back to Padme, and and I think that he would have realized at that point, maybe this isn't the right thing for me to do, the Jedi are going to try to kill me, but at that point, 90% of them are dead. Um, then he's going to think, okay, what? Like I just saved Padme, so do I really need Palpatine? I don't know. I just think it's going to be so different. So Kenobi, at that point, before he gets on that ship, I still think that he would have saved Kenobi in any way he could have. He still trusted him. He still loved him. So at that point, if Kenobi was dead and it was not from Anakin, I think Anakin wouldn't have turned in actually into Vader. But since Kenobi didn't die... And he showed up at that moment. He then lost trust in Padme because he thought that she was working with Kenobi to come and kill him. And then from there, all bets are off. So if I go back to that, I mean, Commander Cody had one job. Technically two, but I, I'm not grievous at that point was, was dead, right? So he has one job to kill Kenobi. He kills Kenobi, just like all those memes out there. Star Wars changes drastically. Maybe it's even done in, you know, at that point. And, and Anakin kind of does what he needs to to take care of Palpatine. And, and here we go. It's, it's a whole new world, right? But on the other hand, with it, Kenobi comes in. He's on the ship. The betrayal's there. I, I hear a lot of people say, what if Kenobi killed Anakin? I, I don't see much difference. I really don't. Like, I don't see there's any difference in the world. I still think there's a ton of people that die. I mean, we watched in Bad Batch the in that section there, like they were as soon as it happened. I mean, Tarkin's going to the clones saying, okay, basically what do we do to amplify them to get them to do exactly what we want? And I think even at that point, they weren't sure where their loyalties lied hundred percent, even with the chip. So I think that the empire would have still gone on without Anakin. So that's why like if, Kenobi killed Anakin I don't think there's that much difference for the next few years obviously like Luke and Leia and all of them would still come around I still think the force would have found a way but on the other side of it if Kenobi died I really think that would be have a more tipping point so again I just went off another tangent on here about this but take a moment and think about that I, I think it's kind of unique so <laughs> here we go like again Again, getting back to the Bad Batch, 
in Django and Order 66. I love that section of time. It's my favorite episode. Episode three is my favorite, you know, and I love getting into this, you know, these debates and this mindset of what could have happened. But I really do think with a series coming in and with Rex and Ahsoka and all those things, like you really see who the character is. And I think that's what Star Wars does is they do such a great job of positioning us to where we can continue to talk about it 20 years after it happened. So, so <laughs> Bad Patch, again, I, this is like basically if you can follow my my agenda with this, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with you. Uh, because I've gone from Bad Batch episode uh, three sixty six, uh, Tarkin. I mean, you name it. We we we've talked about it a little bit going all over. But as a whole, the episode, the biggest takeaways I got was Django really as a person. I think is going to come out in the Bad Batch characters, and with them going back to save, um, you know, to go back and save Omega, it really makes me wonder one who's Omega. I mean, online and through some wikis, I, I see that they say that it's a female version of, you know, of Django. But I just don't think that's the case. Um, some people have talked about maybe being Palpatine. Um, I just think because they don't know. And the one, one part that Kim and Owen said, you know, let's not talk to them about it. That's why I don't think it's going to be Palpatine. I do. I, I think and this is my guess, but I think it's going to be a Jedi. And I think she's going to end up having Jedi powers. Or what they're trying to do is maybe if it is a clone of Django, they're trying to give her powers like a like it's going to be a Jedi. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But it really goes back when you think about the mindset of the you know of this group. It really is to protect, to be good humans, to be you know more than just a soldier. So it's kind of kind of fun. And then going into episode two again, I'll wait to talk about that. But you really see another example of the like Django himself coming out in another character, which the only thing it does say is why didn't the chip affect him? So at that point he didn't know either. But yeah, so, so perfect. That is again, my, my long winded uh, talk on how my mind works when I watch the bad batch. (laughs) So I wanted to give you another update on the star Wars galaxy of heroes as well, because why not? I mean, it's it's what I do probably 60% of my life, it seems like. Uh, it's a game that I've been playing the most of uh, consecutively and every single day. Uh, got another first place in Grand Arena. I think Grand Arena, for me, I've been doing pretty well with it. Um, I got some holds from some characters. Again, my GP is only going to be one of my 3-6 right now. So I'm on the lower end. I've only been playing for about two years. Um, so again, on the lower end for it. But Beskar Mando did get a hold for me. And if you watch anything that's going to be around Galaxy of Heroes, they basically call him Beskar Trash. But hey, got me a hold. My First Order team, they are doing really, really well for me. Of course, now their relic level is higher than my arena team. So that helps. But one sneaky thing that I've been doing um, is putting Darth Revan and uh, Malak in the back. And at that point, they think that's the best I have is going to be my first order team. And then also, too, uh, I'm putting Grievous in the other slot, which my Grievous is not the greatest. So so Darth Rev in the back really does get me some holds as well. Every single one I've done that so far, I've gotten a hold. Um, On offense, Padme and Vader are 
key. I mean, I'm getting wins with them all the time. And Brown Mando, I mean, is to me the more of the legendary of them. He's been really helpful. Uh, I really need to work on getting some other of my bounty hunters a little bit better. Um, but either way, they're making some good wins. I've used him to clean up uh, other Maliks as well. As soon as I can get to, uh, him to trigger his disintegration, Malik just goes bye-bye. So conquest uh, ended. I still don't have Razor Crest yet. Um, I was only this is only the second time I've been able to beat the normal mode. I know there's some people out there that can like max out all of the the rewards. Maybe I'm not putting as much into it as I should. Uh, but I ended up getting 16 uh, blueprints for Razor Crest and five Zetas. So I mean I, I can't complain about that by any means. Uh, Kylo Ren, uh, Galactic Legend. Um, I'm getting there. I finally got my Sith Trooper up to Relic Four. Again, if you don't play this game, I'm sorry. You have no clue what I'm talking about. But basically, if you want a Galactic Legend, you need to really go through uh, and have a lot of characters. And I'm starting to get where I need to be. I have seven more characters in the Relic. Seven more. And if you play any of these games out there, you understand that the gear to get them to a Relic is really tough. So I'm a long ways away. So, But one thing, too. I was able in a territory war to use Beskar Mando to get a win on a Padme team. So I, I did watch another YouTuber out there that he's not having good luck with Padme in using Beskar Mando. But hey, I was able to. I couldn't believe it. Like I, That was a super exciting thing for me um, just because I have not had great luck by any means uh, with him. And I spent so much dang money on this guy. He needs to get me some holds. He needs to get me some wins. So, so perfect. That is my Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes update. Like I said, it's it's the one that you never asked for, but you got anyway. So, uh, so perfect. Well, that's the episode I have for you today. I really appreciate uh, listening. Again, Bad Batch. Take a moment and and watch that show if you have. All right. Well, again, I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. I hope to bring you more content as I continue on. And hopefully I can, uh, with Audible, find some more information, more some good stuff out there and read some more good Star Wars books. When I say read, I say listen. Um, but again, there's a really good zombie one that I'm listening to right now. Uh, just it's been enjoyable so far. Good witty uh, zombie fallout is his name. So perfect. Well, great. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you again. Until next week, have some fun and go nerd out.